podcast coming at you pretty cool podcast coming at you pretty cool podcast coming at you right here right now Hello and welcome. I'm Andrew. I'm Austin. And you're listening to the Pretty Cool Podcast. What's up? What's up? It's noon. Austin had some coffee. I'm still kind of tired. What's up, Austin? What's up, Andrew? I don't know. What's up? Yeah, it's so hard for me to funk. Honestly, like, I can get up early if mm-hmm. I have to. And I didn't get up early today. I got up at like 10, 10-ish. Yeah. Probably. Um, But like, I can't function like my brain doesn't function until like 4 p.m usually yeah like that's that's when i no matter what that's when i work the best for whatever reason i don't know if it has to do with like like solar waves or or gravity or the coriolis effect (laughs) or something like that or the tide (laughs) but uh no matter what i cannot function like i cannot highly function until four I, when I was younger, I thought the phrase no good before noon, like didn't actually mean anything. Right. And then I realized that I'm actually no good before noon. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's actually like one twenty, and I'm yeah. still in a, in a weird haze, like yeah. fog. I woke up at about 11 cause I was up till two in the morning. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Something new I'm trying is I generally use equal now to mm-hmm. try and get to sleep faster and it, it works. It, it works really well. Um, so I will, no matter what time I go to bed, it's usually, sometimes I try and pop as equal at like 11 or 12 or one or whatever time I manage to actually get into bed. Yeah. I, uh, usually is equal. I'll wake up at like, uh, eight hours after I take his equal or seven hours after I take his equal, which usually means I'm fully rested by that point. So, um, unless it's, unless I go to bed at 11 and wake up at like seven and don't have anything to do, um, I'll try and get up as soon as I wake up, um, from Zequel. So that way, like I don't screw up my sleep schedule that bad. Uh-huh. So today or yesterday I took a Z-Quil at like 3 AM. Um, and I got up at, at 10. At and 10? so, yeah, it's, I made sure that I stayed up till 10 Yeah, and I think I'm still a little tired from that cause I didn't stay in. Because I can sleep for another three or four hours if I try. Yeah. Honestly, it's just, I don't know. But today I was able to get up at 10 and stay up. So I can I can get about nine hours of sleep max if I'm really trying. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. I <sighs> There's just something in me that can I can sleep for 12 hours, no problem. My body automatically wakes me up after about seven or eight hours of sleep. I wish I had that. <laughs> I really do. I wish I had that in me because otherwise I just, I will sleep for 12 hours, but then I have to stay awake for 16. Yeah. And so there's always this four hour deficit to each day <laughs> where I'm like, unless I have to work, like I'm slowly, totally destroying my sleep schedule and it's never consistent. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sleep schedules suck. Yeah. I wish I wish it didn't have to be that way. Like I wish I was one of those guys that could survive off of 4 hours of For sleep. For sure, yeah. Like there's this guy who works night crew at the grocery store who I, he works night crew and he works like night shifts almost every night. And I, I still see him come in during the day and like buy things. And the other guys on the night crew, they they're like 
they're like, yeah, I get off work. I try to fall asleep around 10 and then I get up at about 9.30 or 10 and go at to work night. at 10.30. Yeah, at 9.30 night. at 10 yeah. p.m. So they're just opposite sleep schedule. Yeah, so they just yeah. reset their sleep schedule. This guy got off work at, he, they get off at like 6.30 or 7. Um, this guy got off work at 7 o'clock and I saw him four hours later come into the grocery store and buy a Powerade. And then he left. And then I saw him again like five hours later and he came in and bought a Powerade. I just don't understand how he functions. There's a, there's certain people that don't, for whatever reason, like Tesla, mm-hmm. like Nikola Tesla, yeah, was able to function fully and well on two hours of sleep. Yeah, which every is night. insane. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, but I think there's just there's just certain people that they're they're biologically programmed that way. Yeah. Well, and then there's and then there's the opposite end of the spectrum, like me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard that uh, I, I gave a speech on getting enough sleep in my in my speech class because yeah. I wasn't getting enough sleep. But in my research, uh, Albert Einstein was said to get ten hours of sleep every night and then take long naps during the day. Mm. And yeah, but but he also like he was one of the most leisurely people. Like he he did he had tons of money and never spent it. Right. And he just had a pipe and a dog and he just chilled out. <laughs> Like that was Albert Einstein. It's so weird that there's two, you know, I, um, the probably the two most influential genius of the 20th century, and Albert Einstein and Nikolai Tesla, yeah. have complete are completely opposite. Yeah, in that. it's so weird because <laughs> you'd expect you always see like these uh, these manuals and these how tos on how to be productive and th- yeah. or you know how to make the most best use of your time, and they're always telling you like. You have to have this specific sleep hygiene routine, mm-hmm. um, and I think to some extent there there has to be some truth to that for the majority of people. But there are always these outliers. So if you're built a certain way, like um, like Einstein was specifically, I guess diurnal, he'd take these long naps during the day and slept a really long time at night. Yet obviously he did a ton for science you know yeah especially nuclear physics and uh, relativity and yeah. then and then tesla on the other spectrum would would uh the, the founder of electricity basically yeah of uh he was uh, alternating al- current. alternate current yeah. yeah yeah he all of his extremely amazing inventions and he only worked on two hours of sleep every night yeah and i think i think those are probably two extremes where uh, from what I've read of Tesla, he was kind of a workaholic. Like it was just his life. That's right. all he did. Right. And Einstein was sort of that way in a sense. But Einstein, like he he works better when he's leisurely, like a lot of people do. Mm. And Tesla works better when it, he's constantly surrounded by it. And right. it's just the way that people differ. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Neat stuff. Coolio. Um, we have a few insincere corrections and apologies yes just kidding we don't <laughs> never do we're never always do. right we're always right every time never forget <laughs> gotcha <laughs> uh what's happening in the news andrew what's happening in the news we lost another airplane uh one from egypt how do you lose an airplane <laughs> Well, that's what the world is still asking as this is the second time here's the issue is airplanes are hundreds of feet 
across <laughs> and and long. They're gigantic. We have satellites <laughs> that are constantly imaging the Earth. Yeah. How do we lo- and airplanes generally fly fly above the clouds at like thirty thousand feet, twenty eight thousand to thirty five thousand feet? How do we lose one? <sighs> I like knows? I lose my cell phone all the time, but it's a cell phone, you know. It's, it's small. like it's like five it's, it's, inches diagonally, yeah. and there's no satellites in my house. Okay. Yeah. I get how I can lose my cell phone, <laughs> but what what kind of plane was it? Was it a a cargo plane or a passenger plane? Uh, I don't. I haven't looked into it too much. Brian told me last night that we lost another plane. Oh my gosh. Let me let me check. Either way, how do you lose a plane filled with thousands of pounds of cargo or hun- like hundreds of people? It's just. I think it's literally just that the world is big, and there's only so much of it that we can track at a single time. And once you lose track of something like an airplane that's traveling and the airplane loses track of everything else, it's just like a guessing game as to where where it's at. Because you can't, there's no like AOE effect on this sort of thing. You just kind of have to guess the general area. You can't just scan the whole planet. I feel like... Oh, wait, we're wrong. Are we? The wreckage was found. Ah, Wow. The roller coaster of emotions I'm going through right now. <laughs> yeah, this, this is pretty severe. <laughs> so what was the deal? What happened? Um, flight MS-804 from Paris to Cairo disappeared from radar at 2.45 Cairo time, soon after leaving Greek airspace. Authorities do not yet know why the plane went down, but said no cause can be ruled out. Uh, let's see. So I'm assuming it was a passenger plane. Does it say anything about casualties or passenger numbers? Um, no. Okay. Well, could be either then. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Both Clinton and Trump say that it was terrorist. Really? But yeah, both of them. With no other information? That's that's all I've seen. I haven't researched it at all, but let's see. Uh, yeah, Egyptian Minister of Aviation not ruling out it was a terrorist attack or a mechanical failure. Hmm. But the fact that terrorist attack is, is an option... I don't know. So it's probably. Did you ever see the uh, the Looney Tunes episode with the gremlin on the plane yes. on the World War Two planes? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So essentially, that's both a terrorist attack and a mechanical error at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's probably that. Probably gremlins. More than likely, and we've seen gremlins recently, and I can I can guarantee that those gremlins are up to something. Mm-hmm. They've been silent for far too long. Absolutely. When did that movie come out? Eighty uh, something. 80, been a, been a couple 80s. decades. Yeah, I think it was 82. Yeah, a few decades then. Wow. Yeah, yeah those gremlins, they're tricky. I would like a pet mogwai. A pet mogwai? Yeah. So, a pet mogwai to me is kind of like a pet nuclear bomb. Where it's just like horrifying. Why would you have one? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just looking at the downside of having a pet nuclear bomb. <laughs> what is the upside we're okay worst case scenario it goes off and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people lose their life yes best case scenario you have a great story (laughs) so in college this one time well even middle case scenario like not quite worst case scenario 
you probably are gonna get radiation and like mutate, right? No, become a superhero. Nah, I don't know, man. Well, either way, you'll be incredibly popular. Yeah, coolest kid at school. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, people will always be knocking on your door, or trying to break in, or you know. Yeah, I mean, some of those people n- might not be friendly. What else? What else is going on in the news, Andrew? I'm not. Pay- I haven't been paying attention this week. Uh, neither have I really. Uh, Looks like Trump and Clinton are trying to become a little more relatable, a little more public. It's about time. Friendly. Yeah. <laughs> about time. They both were looking like serial killers. So I and hate... they were running against Ted Cruz. This is what I against the Zodiac killer. Against the Zodiac killer. This is what. This is one of the things I totally hate about politics and the presidential election specifically. Is each. Each candidate in the primary stage, when they are wooing their uh, their um, respective political party, they are trying to. What happens is, in the primary phase, each um, each political candidate that is actually moderate gets weeded out by the party. Mm-hmm. So, with the Democrats, if you had a if you had a uh, a moderate Democrat in the party, there's yeah. no way they're going to get the nomination because Democrats tend to be liberal, and so yes. the more the most liberal candidate is going to get the nomination. Mm-hmm. And same thing for the Republican. Any moderate Republicans are going to get weeded out by the establishment because they're looking for somebody generally very conservative. So the most conservative or crazy person is going to get the Republican nomination. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then when you have the two Democrat and Republican nominees against each other, they're trying to reach the moderate, generally moderate American um, people base, I yeah. guess you could say. Um, I'm at a loss for the right word because it's, like I said, only <laughs> one in the afternoon. You're trying to get the most moderate people base so... What happens is the Republicans or the Democrats end up just completely doubling back on whatever their previous positions were in order to um, properly court the uh, the general American opinion, mm-hmm. which sucks. Which is is a real bummer. Yeah, I was I was sitting in the break room yesterday and the day before, and the news is always on in there. And there was all this stuff about Trump being like this really relatable guy and like a somebody who really cares about people. And I just think about every single time a couple years ago when I was watching Trump on the news and he was just like flinging insults at people. And I can't seem to see that in Trump. Right. <laughs> and same with Clinton. People are trying to make Clinton um, more friendly and more relatable and more rational. <laughs> Which is hard to do. It seems to me even more so they're caring more about like the way they appear than their actual stances on Absolutely, on yeah. the the issues. Yeah, like like Trump is trying to look all warm hearted, and so is Clinton. Actually, they're both like serial killer psychopaths. Yeah, totally. Sociopaths. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I just had Twitter a Twitter notification pop up just now. Yeah, um, as you were talking, and it said, Kim Kardashian West is popular on Twitter. You should follow her. Ah, what Twitter doesn't understand is that we're not followers. Yeah, we're 
were leaders who don't lead anybody except ourselves. It's, we just lead us and our friends in a big circle. Right. <laughs> just a continuous circle. Going nowhere. Ouroboros. Yeah. yeah. Ouroboros. Yeah. Um, but I was, it, it brings up, I was going to talk about um, how social media feeds us uh, different ideologies. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Not specifically about Kim Kardashian, but, you know, mm-hmm. Facebook recently came under fire this week about censoring conservative um, news and ideologies yeah in their uh, in their trending topics yeah and so Mark Zuckerberg had to uh, he, he ha- actually had to address that um, because there was because conservative leaders were pointing out that there is a political bias in what news gets trending on Facebook which is also funny because I saw an image in the trending Facebook of how Facebook itself is censoring yeah. conservative ide- ideology. Yeah, so yeah. it was actually really funny. But here, here's a quote Zuckerberg said, or he wrote it. It says, uh, Silicon Valley has a reputation for being liberal, but the Facebook community includes more than 1.6 billion people of every background and ideology, from liberal to conservative and everything in between. We've built Facebook to be a platform for all ideas, and our community's success depends on everyone feeling comfortable sharing anything they want. It doesn't make sense for our mission or our business to suppress political content or prevent anyone from seeing what matters most to them. But a big issue that... And one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook, or that I don't check my Facebook hardly at all, is because Facebook has uh, taken it upon themselves to decide what I think is going to be important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see these basically posts are curated according to a certain algorithm yeah. that uh, Facebook puts through their website. And the same thing is true of uh, mo- most social media seems to be trending this way with um, Instagram is eventually, or they already have. Um, who knows? Who knows? We can't tell. Um, moderated and curated what goes through your feed and Twitter is kind of yeah. moving towards that to where you're not seeing everything that comes up or everything that every person is, um, has done on your Facebook feed or on your Twitter feed or on your Instagram feed. So essentially these companies and these social media platforms are feeding us both sponsored content. So content that has been paid for like advertisements mm-hmm. essentially like sponsored tweets right sponsored tweets and instagram posts and facebook posts it's on all of them yeah um but in addition to that they're also putting through in an unknown algorithm so we don't see how this is done um other media that's being f- essentially filtered yeah like our, our friends posts are being filtered somehow and we don't know whether it's a with a conservative or a liberal bias or just a hey, this is what we actually think you're going to um, read and look at more. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it, it's happening, and and I think it's frustrating that we're not seeing actual um, real time like news yeah. anymore. Like when I look at Facebook, everything that pops up at the top of my feed is at least a day old. Yeah, at right? least a, yeah. Lot, a lot of times it's a week or two. Right. So. I don't know. That's frustrating to me. That's one of the reasons I don't use Facebook. And I'm, I want, I really hope Twitter stays the same, like real time. Yeah. As it always has been. Cause I think that's been a really valuable aspect of its, um, 
of its popularity and its usefulness. John Mayer made a really good post on Instagram about this whole thing uh, because he has a large following on Instagram so he can make some sorts of statements. It almost feels kind of like kind of like a Taylor Swift sort of move with uh, Spotify where she got off Spotify and wrote a letter. Uh, and John Mayer wrote, Dear Instagram, please don't change the chronological feed in exchange for an algorithm meant to show most relevant feeds first. I'm not writing this for my benefit, but for the benefit of so many artists, creators, and upstarts whose careers depend on this platform to flourish. My tastes, interests, and curiosities change every day. If I'm not even sure what's relevant to me, how will you know? What was Ill- irrelevant to me yesterday could be my latest passion today. I've met some fine people and been exposed to great art that I would have otherwise never found because of this app. Please keep that beautiful communal experience alive. Relevantly yours, John. But the the idea that Instagram can't predict what I like because my interests are constantly changing, uh, I feel like it really applies to me because before Instagram, I feel like they, they've already updated it a, a little ways I, I see a lot less uh, now, but I don't like things on Instagram. I, I just, I don't, it doesn't occur to me to do it. I never like pictures. <clears throat> and so because of that, all of the, I'm just getting like probably purely the algorithm right. uh, for my feed. So I'm missing, I follow a lot of like guitarists like Tosin Abasi mm-hmm. and Rick Graham and uh, guitarists. I'm missing a lot of the things that they're posting because I haven't liked any of their videos. I, I think I agree a lot. Like I'm, I, I don't get the chance to discover things or be exposed to new things because they're just trying to give me more of what I like, which if you're thinking like, like riot control or like just trying to keep the public happy, the concept of giving people more of what they like makes sense, especially from a business perspective, but from the perspective of the individual, uh, who wants to discover new things and be exposed to new things constantly? That's not interesting <laughs> or applicable. Right. You're for for those of us who want to see everything. You are by running things through the algorithm. For the for those of us who want to see everything, you're taking away things that we want to see that we want to expose ourselves to. Um, for whatever reason, and that's essentially ruining the point of why some of us look at social media. Mm-hmm. And then for others who might not want to see everything and only want to see um, certain people, going back to the political ide- ideology thing, things that continually reinforce their own view, you're making more sheltered people and more, uh, you're, you're limiting the expansion of people's uh, ideologies and perspectives. Yeah, Facebook for me has become a matter of who do I surround myself with on Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. and I never check Facebook because I've only added like family and friends and people involved at the church and things like that. And a lot of the times, like I don't really know what's going on in people's lives because I don't check Facebook or I don't see it or uh, I don't really. Care, care about the posts about the transgender bathrooms or anything like that like last time i got on facebook that was all over it andrew you're not boycotting target no <laughs> but 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 they have transgender bathrooms andrew that doesn't matter oh how would i know how you feel about that because that's all i see 
on Facebook is because of their algorithm, the transgender bathroom thing. You would just ask me in real life. If I'm around you enough and we're close enough, I would just tell you. You mean I have to talk to you? I mean, it'll be tough, but yes. Why can't you just write a Facebook post about it? Because I don't write Facebook posts. Oh. I actually do a thing. I When I went through my Facebook feed, I found this thing and I remembered that, oh yeah, that's when I started doing that was I write these really long Facebook posts and then I delete them right after I write them because I can like flesh out my ideas and thoughts, but I don't say stupid things or get in arguments. You should just get a journal. Yeah, I tried journaling. Wasn't for me. Same thing. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. I don't know. Well, for one thing, I feel like everything is fleeting and like having a book to have to keep around is frustrating. I'd rather just write something up and then delete it. Like I got it all out and I was able to express myself just for me. And that's that's all the journal is, but I don't have to keep a book around. But you have to keep your computer around. Yeah, or my phone. It's easier to keep my phone around. You just journal just, just on your type phone. it up in Evernote, delete it. No, there you go. That's fine. That's usually what I do. I don't, I wouldn't call that journaling. You delete it? Yeah. I typically. don't like deleting anything I do. I easily Unless it's a song, like a, like lyrics or that sort of thing, I don't delete. I, I delete it. No, I like to keep all my all my thoughts and stuff in a journal. That way, I uh, in a journal or on my. I have a big old f- folder on my computer, just miscellaneous stuff I've written, mm-hmm. um, fiction, not like nonfiction blog posts, that kind of stuff. Yeah. In case I need to find inspiration or draw from sources or anything like that. So, I don't know, something somebody drilled into my head when I was younger just to keep everything you ever do. That's why I'm yeah. a pack rat. That's why my room's so messy. Yeah. It's because <laughs> I just, I what if, like, if I, I feel like if I throw something away, I'll need it immediately. I'll need it absolutely immediately. <laughs> Every time, I've, I never delete emails. Oh, really? Ever. I read, I at least mark them as read or read them all. That way I know what I've seen. But as soon as if I act and a couple times I've accident accidentally deleted an email, I need it and I try and find it and I'm like, where did it go? Where to go? Where to go? And I found it in my delete folder and I'm like, oh, what if I like? It's always like a schedule or a really important mm. email about something, like with info about school stuff, money stuff, that anything like that. Yeah. If like if I accidentally delete something, I feel like I'm gonna lose that forever and not be able to do what i need to do i clear out my email every day i I delete everything Uh, i have i have like seven emails that i keep in my email uh inbox because uh because i need the information later but as soon as i'm done with that information i delete it do you empty your trash too no i don't do that Hmm. uh just in case i screwed up because i do that (laughs) i don't know like like I, I draw things. Uh, I wouldn't call myself an artist in that sense, but I sketch and doodle and I do like 80% of it on computer paper and then throw away the paper later. Cause it, I, I just like, I, to me, a lot of things are fleeting and it's not the most important thing for me to keep the art. I think it's, it's more important that I'm expressing myself constantly. But what if you want to share that? Uh, I don't know if, if something's really cool and I feel the need to share it, uh, like that's not a common thing for me. So I do it. I'll share it like right away. But most of the time, uh, 
like like my ideologies about art and expression uh, have a lot to do with it. But most of the time, it's just it's just me expressing myself just for my own sake. I think it out. I she's think a woman. that <laughs> yep. one of the reasons take that out. I will God edit created it out immediately. as artistic human beings is to share it with others. Yeah. And that's a, that's a joy to, to share with and right. to have other people share great art with you. Not to keep yourself. Yeah. Well, so the reason that we express ourselves is to share it with others. Like, like the reason we're put on this earth is to bless others. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the things that I really do deem worth sharing with people, I do. But, uh, and I just feel like, other stuff that you don't feel de- that you don't deem worth sharing can be improved upon or used as as inspiration for other things that might be. I don't know. It's the same. Like I'm just fleshing out things, fleshing, uh, expressing myself, getting out. Like if I'm stressed or something like that, one of the first things I do is I pick up paper and a pen and I just I sketch stuff because, or I pick up my guitar and I jam on it for a little while. But I don't often record riffs that I write and I don't often keep the paper. Because I'm just getting it out. When I'm truly creating art, like I feel like is art and things that I, I really want to share with people, then uh, then I'll record it or I'll post it on Instagram or that sort of thing. Like the other night I drew some some cool looking zombie guys, put that on Instagram. I don't know. I don't concern myself very much with the things that I'm creating unless... If I'm creating those things to say something or to... Uh, like to specifically evoke emotion, then that's cool. And I want to share that. But oftentimes when I create, I'm just creating to uh, sort out my own emotions or sort out my own thoughts or that sort of thing. Hmm. Uh, I, f- I feel like as though it's a more introspective process. Andrew, you've been keeping up with any of the, uh, the cool tech stuff coming out last week? Not really. So yesterday... Or the day before um, Google's developer conference happened. Oh, uh-huh. And they are releasing um, a new operating system for Android, I believe. Oh, that's cool. Like uh, like the next step after Marshmallow? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's it's called, right now, it's like a code name is and- Android N. Okay. Um, and they are leaving it up to the internet to name droid and mcdroid face yeah it's gotta start with an n it's gotta start with an n yeah namey mcname face namey mcname face that's what we're voting right um but uh so they they released that yesterday um it's you know there's a beta version out that's um, cool. it allows for i mean it, it allows for stuff that iOS has been doing for a little bit like multitasking. Yeah. Um, like like true multitasking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different notifications in there, settings. Um, it's kind of optimized for VR, mm-hmm. which is becoming a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're adding keyboard themes, performance improvements, and new emojis cool. and that kind of stuff. Um, so they're just, just a new iteration on that. My, uh, we have a family friend who, um, who is essentially part of the family now. Um, and we were talking about our podcast at the, uh, at our family dinner, at my mom's birthday dinner. 
on Sunday and she's like, can you help me get your podcast on my phone? And I'm like, sure. And so I look at it and I pick it up. I'm like, this is a Windows phone. Oh, not even Droid? Not even Droid. I'm I don't, like, I have no idea how to use a Windows I phone. I know. That's what I said. I'm like, like 5% of people have a Windows phone. <laughs> I didn't know. I honestly didn't know they still sold them. Yeah. Like, I thought it was just like an, like a, like an aside because huh. I'm so used to, we use iPhones. Yeah. yeah you know, iOS. And we have a couple friends who have uh, droids, androids, mm-hmm. and my mom is an android phone. But I pick up this Windows phone. I'm like, I don't really know. I don't even know where to start. Like, I've, I've never used one ever. Yes. And I use Windows 10, but it's totally different, right? Because yeah. it's based off of the Windows 8 architecture, and there's all these these tiles and stuff like that, which is garbage. Yeah. Okay. I'm really glad they fixed that in Windows 10. Crap. I went back to the start menu. But with our podcast, I had to go in. I had to, I found out they have a podcasts app built into the phone, which is good. But I had to, I had to put in our RSS feed. Oh, wow. In order to get it going. So it took me 10 minutes to find our RSS link. Uh-huh. I had to go into like our google podcasts and open up where i put the link when we first started the podcast like two months ago copy that from my iphone and put it on the like plug it in hand type it into the windows phone oh my gosh it took me 20 minutes to get our podcast onto our phone to subscribe it with it (sighs) so windows just stick to computers the the windows windows Eight was like one of the worst interfaces. Yeah, like, so that was just such a rough patch. Well, remember what happened going from XP to Vista? Yeah, people were freaking out, and then they kind of perfected Vista with Windows Seven. Uh huh. Windows Seven was a great OS. Windows. So a lot of people were still using Windows Seven mm-hmm. until until they had to not. Right, and then Windows Seven went to Windows Eight and Eight Point One. And I tried to use Windows 8 and 8.1 on um, an ex-girlfriend's computer, and it was it was the worst. I could not figure out, or my grandparents had a Windows 8 computer for a while. So hard to navigate compared to Windows 7, and then they finally fixed it with Windows 10, the same way Windows 7 fixed Vista. Yeah. It's like... And Windows 10 is great. Windows 10 is actually really good, very powerful. Really fast. Yeah. Um, and they're, I think they're gonna do the same thing that mac has been doing with osx for um for 10 years or so or 15 years is just you know iterations yeah which is a good good model instead of completely revamping the operating system every six years and ending up whiffing it's what every other time has learned to do too is facebook did the huge updates for a long time and then they just started slowly chipping away yeah look it feels it's an easier transition especially with like and honestly, the OSX has ultimately looked pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, they haven't changed very much. It's mostly just aesthetics. But even then, it's still it's an easier transition when it's just small changes over a long period of time, like evolution. Like how man came from monkey. Homo erectus. Homo. Homo erectus was Windows Vista before Windows 7. All right. And then Windows 7 was Homo sapien. And then Windows 8 was Cyborg, 
Windows 10 is the AI. That's, yep, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> where I was going. So, there you go. Evolution and computers, the same. <laughs> Beautiful. I remember when I was a little baby monkey. Yeah, good times. That was a good time. <laughs> Just got to fling my poop everywhere. Flinging poop? Flinging poop. Uh, another big thing in tech news was um, the new graphics card. So this is for, sorry, sorry if you're not a nerd at all. I'm going to get really, yeah. really nerdy here. Okay. The new graphics card architecture from, from NVIDIA. NVIDIA came out. Yep. Um, and so there's there's two big graphics card manufacturers. There's NVIDIA and AMD. And so NVIDIA just came out with their new architecture called... Um, it's uh, the GTX 1080 and 1070 graphics graphics cards are what are coming out in the next month or so. Um, and the new architecture allows for a much cheaper and much more efficient build, especially for virtual reality. Mm-hmm. So essentially what it means is computers are going to get cheaper, better as they have for the last 50 years. <laughs> cheaper and better. Cheaper, cheaper and better and, and easier to manufacture and right. ship. Right. So um, the the coolest thing uh, it used to be that the Titan X, the NVIDIA Titan X was mm-hmm. like the premier um, like high end graphics card. And it used to cost like eleven hundred dollars or so. Yeah. And now with the new graphics cards that are coming out, they're going to be about uh, they're about one point five to one point eight times better depending on what spec you're looking at Mm -hmm. for vr they're actually three times better like they're built for it yes and they're coming in around six hundred dollars so they're half the price yeah and six hundred dollars for a real nice graphics card like that yeah like that is crazy incredible it actually uh it'll work a display at 8k oh my gosh yep 8k uh that's two times 4k it is actually it's not isn't that four times 4k i believe so. is that how that works so that's so 4k is four 1080p screens essentially yeah so it's four times hd and then maybe 8k is just two times we're getting to the point where like 8k I feel like I can't see the difference. Oh no! Between 4K and 8K, I, it's it's the same with like once you get over 60 frames per second. I don't. I can't tell. I'm not gonna care. <laughs> I can tell. What? I can tell. You can tell from 60 to 120. Really? You can pick it up. Yeah. I, not I, 120 I, to 144. That's, yeah. That's too subtle. But uh, from 60 to 120, you can. The the higher the frame rate, the better the immersion immersive feel. Yeah. Right. Because movies are filmed at 24 frames per second and you there's an artistic quality to it whereas the higher the frame rate you get and if you did you see the hobbit with us in high frame rate uh no i refused to watch it in high frame rate. that's fine it was at 40 frames a second uh double what movies are normally Mm -hmm. um shown at it it felt oh it like took you out of it almost too much because uh you're just so used to seeing movies a certain way but then you see it at double the frame rate and you like you it's a complete, it's a completely different feel to it. Yeah. It felt so weird. People so the so 24 frames per second is the magic cinema frame rate. Like that's what 
every every classic movie was mm-hmm. filmed in 24 frames per second and it gives it a really cinematic feel and then you get to like the sports and the news are filmed in i think it's 30 frames per second and it's just a little off and a little weird right and then you get up to 60 frames per second which is what people like video games at mm-hmm. the hi- and the higher the frame rate the more the more the realism yeah the more the realize realism because like move your hand in front of you real quick you're watching every single frame like the whole the whole thing um but on a screen they that's so much information just you waving your hand in front of your eyes it's too much so they cut it out to like 24 frames so the higher the frame rate the better immersive feel you get so the reason that vr needs uh like these different optimizations and uh technological improvements and graphics improvements is because in order to get the truly immersive feel that you look for in virtual reality, uh, you need the high frame rate. So you're look, you're, they try and get you at least at 90 frames per second. Yeah. Or at 120 or 144. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I feel like it'd be easier for me to play at lower frames, but I understand that that is less immersive. But I kind of want to feel like I'm in a video game, like in a video game. Yeah. It's, it's choppy when you get below 40 frames a second usually yeah it's pretty choppy with video games but you don't notice with movies yeah you don't notice with movies because you're not moving things yeah but if you're focusing on specific aspects you can tell when something's choppy in a video game yeah video games psychologically make you look for rules and for uh mechanics and things like that Mm -hmm. so you notice when things are a little off anyway Exciting news in the graphics card industry. Uh, AMD is coming out with their Polaris architecture yeah. in the next couple months. So that's going to be exciting too because that'll drive down prices. Isn't the new NVIDIA a lot smaller too? Same size. Same size? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're just packing more power into it for cheaper, yeah. just like computers have always done. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll have that graphics technology in my glasses. Yeah, eventually it'll just be tiny, mm-hmm. augmented reality. Yeah. The... Obama administration is pushing for a new um, overtime rule. Yeah. For labor. Mm-hmm. Hear about that at all? Uh, I I've literally just heard exactly what you said. That's all I read <laughs> oh. was pushing for new overtime rule. I think I uh, I follow Obama on Twitter because um, oh, okay. that's what all the cool kids do. I I think I do too, but I think the algorithm has ruled him out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. There, so I watched a video on like his propaganda website um, about the current overtime rule um, is those who, according to the federal government, those who earn more than $23,660 a year um, are exempt from overtime pay. So uh, overtime pay is time and a half. Mm hmm. Um, for if you work over 40 hours a week. So if you make $10 an hour, then you make 15 for the hours that you work over 40 hours. The um, new rules were finalized today by the Labor Department, the Federal Labor Department, um, for those who earn less than $47,000 thereabout um, a year. They'll automatically qualify for overtime pay of time and a half. So that's about... They they doubled the minimum wage requirement. Yeah. So that'll there. There's a lot of 
issue with Republicans take issue with this. Generally, the conservatives take issue with this because it means that um, that employers are going to um, cut off people's hours more mm-hmm. um, below, like make sure everybody's under 40 hours. Yes. Because that will, because um, they don't have to pay time and a half. They don't have to pay Which 50% more on labor. Expensive. And labor is usually the biggest cost cost in a business. Uh-huh. So um, Republicans are worried that it's going to affect small businesses who are paying people under $47,000 a year. But Democrats, of course, are on the other end saying people they don't think it's going to affect them. They just think it's going to increase wages for people and get more money flowing through the economy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. It, it's the same... It's it's the same thing that plagues politics that we talked about last week mm-hmm. or the week before where there's like the consequences are under regulation and then the consequences of over regulation. Yeah. And and the little guy always gets hurt. Right. Somewhere no matter what. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what happens. Somebody's getting screwed. Yeah. So uh, I think the real problem there is if you're up and coming in an industry or in a where the rules change as you're still up and coming, no matter what you're doing, if it's a business or or that sort of thing, you're gonna get hurt somehow yeah. because you're adjusting to new rules and you were starting up uh, based on presuppositions of other rules that were already in place. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's see. So um, here's what Paul Ryan had to say about. Paul Ryan being the um, the former running mate of Mitt Romney mm-hmm. in 2012, the uh, Wisconsin <clears throat> I think is he a senator or congressman? Just call him a congressman. I think he is a congressman. <laughs> well, they're either if a senator and a representative are both congressmen. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what he says <laughs> by mandating overtime pay at a much higher salary threshold. Many small businesses and nonprofits will simply be unable to afford skilled workers and be forced to eliminate salaried positions, complete with benefits altogether. For the sake of his own political legacy, President Obama is rushing through regulations, like the overtime rule, that will cause people to lose their livelihoods. We are committed to fighting this rule and the many others that would be an absolute disaster for our economy. You know what show I really like, Andrew? What show? The West Wing. Yes, uh, great show on Netflix. Watch the whole thing twice right. now. Twice, um, with President Josiah Bartlett. Yes, who has a Nobel Prize in economics. Mm-hmm. That's fun. It's a good show. It's a great show. It's uh, it makes me hate politics less or more. I can't remember which. I think, I I don't know. The sh- that show is among the best written shows to ever air on tv yeah it's an aaron sorkin aaron yeah. sorkin is the the writer like show director guy and uh, he's the, he's among the best writers on tv yeah he's so good uh for one thing because it's absolutely like the the best banter you can find mm-hmm. like it's brilliant uh but the other thing is uh the the complex moral dilemmas of right. the show yeah it's really good yeah the i think my favorite episode it's really early in the show like really early but there's a there's a plane that's struck down on accident. I can't. Um, and the president 
President Martin Sheen <laughs> is uh is really upset by it and he's like gonna declare war on somebody. Uh and the whole show you're just like you're kinda like behind him, you're like, because he's the president, he's the good guy and all right. this stuff. And at the end of the show, at the end of the episode, one of his advisors like calls him out and he's like, You can't just declare war. You can't and you're like Was that oh. Toby? I think it was Toby. Yeah. Toby's usually the one that does that. Always the voice of reason. But at the end, you're like, oh, I was wrong the entire episode. Yeah. And it's cool when shows can do that, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you want your politics fix <laughs> without whatever, just watch The West Wing. I think it's kind of... I think the show does lean a little liberal. Oh, yeah. It's an NBC show. Yeah. And it is a Democratic, a Democrat president. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole administration is Democrat. Yeah. And especially later when he's running for re-election, he definitely, the Republicans are definitely portrayed as like bad, bad people. So, so when you watch the show, it's entertaining and thought provoking, but it also does promote a liberal agenda. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, But don't rule it out because of that. You should probably just watch a much more balanced uh, political show like Parks and Recreation. (laughs) Right, that one is also an NBC show, but not not at all liberally they, biased. They don't portray conservatives as idiots. They don't. That never happens. You know what I really love though is Ron Swanson in that show. Yeah, obviously, uh, how he's hyper libertarian. Yeah, like almost anarchist. Yeah, he's. <laughs> That's great. My favorite, my favorite line from Ron Swanson in the whole show is, "The president of the United States should just be no, our 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 only government." Should be a man in a room with a button that will launch nukes, <laughs> and they will bring him food, and women will be brought to him if he desires them. <laughs> That's so good. That's great. Yeah, I, I love, love it. That. <laughs> You've been watching any other good shows lately? Uh, I've been watching a, a lot of Archer. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's a funny show. It's really really crude, really yeah. dirty. Yeah caught my mom watching it about oh, really? a month ago and I, I'm like mom what the hell are you watching <laughs> you know she used to get on me for watching Family Guy oh really and I think Archer's worse Archer's way worse yeah there's I mean I was 10 when I was watching Family Guy to be oh, fair to her so she was like true. being a good parent or whatever yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but as a good son I have to make sure my mom's not filling her head with that filth that filth yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, Archer Archer's really funny. The animation's really cool. I mm-hmm. think it's one of my favorite parts of it. There's a lot of stuff where you notice, like, oh, they use like real world textures. Like they took pictures and yeah. made like brick walls and stuff. That's what um there's a Cartoon Network show that did that a lot. It was a newer one. I oh, um, Flapjack. Yeah, Flapjack. Flap I love the animation on Flapjack. Yeah. That was Pendleton Ward who uh did does adventure time yeah didn't like that show or adventure time too weird for me uh probably would have liked him when i was younger but i i watched him too late adventure time was okay um i really i still really enjoyed the regular show isn't uh isn't dan Harmon dan dan associated with one of those ah shoot who's dan Harmon? uh he's the guy who does community well well, yeah i'm trying to remember um, He's, I think he's in the regular show. Yeah. I think it's I think it's Pendleton and Dan Harmon are the two main characters. Yeah. He also does um Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Rick yeah. and Morty's a great show too. Yeah. yeah. 
really gross, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of in a cartoon phase right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find good cartoons that mm. aren't anime. That's that's probably for the best. Well, that. <laughs> Andrew, the Japanese are weird thinkers. They're really weird thinkers. Uh, I follow Hideo Kojima on Twitter. Yeah, Kojima. Yeah. Uh, and he is so like he's an interesting guy. He really is. But it's just weird. I mean, he's also a hyper nerd because yeah, you know, he's an, a video game inventor, genius, genius. Yeah, you know. But. Yeah, I played. I played Metal Gear Solid Five purely because I was told that the vision of the game was so like genius. And it really was. It was a crazy cool game. Hmm. Did not beat it. Got like ten percent through. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ten, long tends tends to be how how i am with video games recently yeah yeah i'm kind of add like uh like i want yeah, you're to, just kind of add andrew well <laughs> i'm seeing the psychologist on june 3rd you're clinically add i'm i'm I, i'm literally going to a psychologist in a few weeks to uh to get a psyche get, valve. yeah i get a psyche valve. it was funny because they called me uh to ask me some like preliminary questions right and they're like, not all of these will apply to you. Do you hear voices? Do you often feel mood swings? And like, like all this stuff. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the voices are telling me to say no. So, uh, which answer do you want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man, I I can't wait for them to to give you a CD. Oh, so I, that's what I'm terrified of. Okay, is that I go in thinking it's ADD, get the psych eval, wham! I've got something else. I've got like OCD, or what if I'm like a sociopath and I don't know it? Like, like there's so much that could potentially be going on in there, and I'm unaware. My subconscious probably knows. Right. It's terrifying. That's <laughs> like, what if, um. What if you're at, like, what if I am actually mentally handicapped right now? Yeah. But everybody's treating me like I think a normal person would be treated. Yes. That's one of my worst fears. Andrew, I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> this is where I tell you, you are actually mentally handicapped. No! <laughs> Your worst fears have been realized. <laughs> now you will see everything through the proper proper lens and perspective did uh did you see the movie charlie bartlett is it related to josiah bartlett the president of the united states from 1998 to 2006 no then no so the movie charlie bartlett (laughs) is about this kid who uh gets taken out of private school and put into public school and in order to become popular he becomes the school psychologist but not like like not like officially like He's like giving kids drugs because his mom is rich. So he has all these like psychiatrists and psychologists. Sees so a different one every time for a different condition like ADD, OCD, mm-hmm. depression. And then he gets the drugs and then he sells them. Great movie. Very funny. Hmm. Yeah. Did you ever see Jack? No. It's a Robin Williams film. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a 10 year old and a 40 year old body. Yeah, because he uh, his body his body progresses at four times the rate that his mind does. Yeah, so he's actually ten years old, but he looks like Robin Williams. Yeah, but he still acts ten. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's pretty weird. So when you when you get your 
killer ADD meds, you're going to let me try one, right? Probably not on the official record, but wink, wink, maybe we'll find out. I like it. I like it. I'm told it's like speed for people I just, who don't have ADD. I just want to see what I'd be like. <laughs> Hyperproductive like that. Hyper, yeah. I don't know. In the in the movie, he just plays piano really fast. So. Dude, I want to play piano really fast. I don't even know how to play piano. It'll, you'll learn. I'll learn. You know in the Matrix when they download the CDs into yes, your brain? Yes, that is what Adderall is like. Yeah, that's Adderall. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Re- results will follow. That's what I said to the doctor when, when, I, when I came in for ADD. I was like... I just really want to learn how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> He's like, oh, all right, we're getting his psyche, Val. <laughs> he, he gives a really, like, cautious look to the nurse. And then he just turns back to me. He's like, well, sounds like you have a classic case of ADD. <laughs> He's like, get the needle. <laughs> I, go to that, I go to that doctor's office a lot because... For some reason, For I have all these. I have a lot of problems. Yeah, you do. I I don't understand why, but I just have medical problems. Yeah. Uh, a couple. I think it's it's a couple years ago now. I went to the I went to the hospital. Ended up in the ICU, um, for internal bleeding, and I found out that I had this rare birth defect that only affects two percent of the population. Right. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, sure, give me that. I'm I'm colorblind. I have ADD. Uh, I have that. <laughs> I have allergies. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> well. Yeah, but I see that doctor a lot. He's nice. He's nice guy. <laughs> we're we're buddies. We hang out every day. We're, we're buddies. Yeah. What if I what if I'm a hypochondriac? <laughs> what if I don't have any of these problems? You just think you do? Yeah, I just think I do. Well. What if I'm not actually colorblind? No. I just I just think I am. Well then you definitely have like some sort of anxiety disorder. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> so just add that one on there too. <laughs> this has been the mental health cast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Do you need a self diagnosis of some narrowly preventable uh mental disorder? Andrew can get you drugs. Absolutely. <laughs> it's perfect. I know somebody who has a psychology major, so I'm almost qualified. Who has a psychology major? Just a friend of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. My girlfriend might be a psychology major. Don't do it. I hear there's not much money. Zero money. Zero money. You might as well work at Starbucks the rest of your life. (laughs) Oh, do you remember that? We're going to reference the RT podcast. (laughs) Do you remember when, uh, when they were like, Bernie, what would you say to an English major? And like he was talking and he said some things and he's like, also, English major, uh, I'd like a 12-ounce Frappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a funny interaction with a Starbucks employee about that, actually. Down down when I was get, um, working on my philosophy degree at Boise State yeah. that I didn't complete. <laughs> um, I'm like, hey, do you go to school here? And she's like, uh, she's like yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm working on my degree in psychology. I'm like, oh, I see you're using it real well here at the Starbucks. She's like, yeah, well, uh, what are you getting your degree in? I'm like, oh, I'm getting my degree in philosophy. So I'll be working with you soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, pretty much. So um, don't get 
kids go out and get science majors get, get a practical degree yeah no more no more of these liberal arts majors <laughs> unless you want to be a teacher and make 30 to forty thousand dollars a year paying off student loans for the rest of your life which i understand some of you feel obligated to do and to you that is your prerogative but if you want to make money then <laughs> uh then do something sciencey yeah, I'm going to get my degree in how to use computer programs, <laughs> namely Adobe programs. <laughs> Which you don't need a degree in, there's YouTube. Yeah, I already know how to use everything, but it'll be good. I'll learn I'll learn editing theory that I already know. Right. <laughs> Through YouTube. Through the YouTube. If you're if you're curious about uh, filmmaking, check out Rocket Jump Film School. Great YouTube channel. So um, I have to take calculus this semester, Ooh. and I took business calculus at Boise State. Uh huh. I did fine in it, and it's been three years. Yeah, it's been three years since I've done any math of any sort, including mm. calculus. So Khan Academy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm gonna be on Khan Academy all the time, <laughs> like reteaching myself pre-calculus and trigonometry. Yeah. And then normal calculus, mm -hmm. it's going to be super fun. So if anybody wants to be my calculus tutor for free, <sighs> please, please call me. Because I was... We will be hanging out every day. <laughs> yeah. Because I was homeschooled and I don't have a GED and I didn't score like 1100 on the SAT. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the standard at U of I. Uh, I have to take the baccalaureate classes at u of i which are just like these preset classes uh to make sure that i and i have to pass all of them but they're just like let's make sure he can do seventh grade math yeah and stuff like that and so i i have to for my first three semesters i have to play catch up Dude. which will be good for me because yeah. i was not a diligent student i can't right. recall anything except for history well it's not very helpful that you're homeschooled and add yeah that no. seems like a bad combo I, it was yeah spotify was was between Spotify and my first job, that was the end of me doing anything for school other than getting C's. Right. I uh, <laughs> I had to... So when I was registering for calculus, they, uh, you have to... I You have to have had, like, done math 147 or 144, yeah. or, which is uh, pre-calculus or trigonometry. And uh, I didn't because back in the day... Back in high school, I tested into calculus very easily. Mm -hmm. like got a really good math ACT score. And so they just let me in. But I had to convince them because my ACT scores are out of date, like they're over three years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I should be let back into calculus because they wouldn't let me register. And I'm like, look, lady, <laughs> I am not going to take pre-calculus. <laughs> I have done pre-calculus in high school twice. I've done calculus in college once. And I need to do it again, I guess. So please just let me take this class. I really, really don't want to do it again. Damn you, Isaac Newton. <laughs> yeah, seriously. How dare he invent math? Why did... So so Isaac Newton invented calculus at like the age of 20 or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Because he ran out of math to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the apple that hit him on his head. And then he found the calculus textbook inside the apple. Ah. Yeah. Ugh. I'm so, like, I'm barely familiar with the concept of calculus. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say I'm barely familiar, like, I can 
almost effectively do trigonometry. Okay, so you know trigonometry is like angles? Yes. Right, and finding... Yes. Um, finding areas and, and things like that with ang- with different angles? Uh-huh. Calculus is that with curves. Ooh. Yes, so okay. you're finding the area and the volume of shapes with curves. So the cl- classic calculus problem is, you know those swimming pools that basically have like like a couple dips in them yeah um like for for the different um different depths yeah yeah the classic calculus problem is finding the exact volume of that Ooh. yeah that's rough yeah uh i was unaware well i i knew calculus was was it was still shapes which i'm upset about because (laughs) because i got i got algebra right and I did algebra two, and I was like, "Man, I'm good at math." And I did geometry and trigonometry, yes. and I was so bad at all of it. Right. I'm great with like these these equations and like theoretical stuff. Right. But when I have to look at a shape, it just makes it so much harder. It's so weird how, <laughs> and I'm the same way. Like I was really good at algebra and algebra two. Um, I was not as good at geometry. I mean, I was still good at it, but not nearly as good because algebra seems to be all logic. Like completely logic and theoretical and puzzle solving and puzzle well that's the yeah. then you get into geometry and it is it's the it's also logic and puzzle solving but in a different way yeah and my brain doesn't work like that and it doesn't work like that with like pre-calculus is similar to algebra 2 ish mm-hmm. but calculus gets back into the geometry shapes thing and that just totally screws with me yeah. so I wouldn't be taking calculus and calc two and calc three <laughs> if I didn't absolutely have to for my computer science major. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Maybe I should just get that philosophy major. My my favorite part of geometry was complementary and supplementary angles. Yeah. Because it's so easy. Oh yeah, that's you're super just, easy. You're just like, oh, flip it over. <laughs> now we're good. Yeah. Hi, Austin. Andrew. I think that's a wrap for today. Oh, really? I mean, not a hip hop rap, but a. Uh, Drop me a beat. <laughs> this is a rap, and it's not crap. Hear me rap more about this crap. Wow, that was good. Good music, good rap. Yep. Uh,. Some would say it's pretty cool. Yeah. Just like the podcast. Oh, Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Oh, beautiful. All right. If you don't know what Ouroboros means, look it up. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Pretty Cool Pod. You can find us on YouTube or on SoundCloud. Just search it. Any podcast app that you may come across. Yeah, except for the Windows podcast app. <laughs> yeah, don't check that one. You will have to do some pretty tough research to get that one in there uh you can also find andrew and i individually on twitter andrew rosie austin isaacson with a k yep uh and it has been a beautiful time with you fellows and ladies i can't wait to talk at you next week talk at you later (laughs) 